I think my staff's getting tired of me quoting Marshawn Lynch, but like he still said it best. Like he's about that action, right? Like, like on purpose, no matter where the location of the pitch is, you crazy fool. Like I'm telling you right now, there is not one hitter on the planet. Fellas, fellas, fellas. I don't know about that, but you know what? I'll save it for 12 months from now. We'll talk about it in 12 months. <laughs> that dugout we got Bo and Joe coming up next on the farm system right here right now fellas 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 welcome back to another episode of the farm unfiltered that's a what is that three for three four for four batting back, a thousand, baby. baby you're batting, batting a, a thousand I'm batting a thousand we got hey we got we got a we got a fired up one to share today baby. something that's that's close to home close yep. to home and we got we got we got some different thoughts on this one right Bo yep well, I mean, we 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 always try to be vulnerable, but I don't know if we've been vulnerable vulnerable yet, right? Yeah, this is so. this is this is definitely some deeper ones, and uh, yep. if you're not already drawn in, this is going to be um, again. This is we're we're really going to get in some depth and share some things uh, that are real. I mean, that's what we yep. really want to be. Again, to the point, like one thing that I admire about Joe Rogan, um, Bo is the the conversations that are being had that are real conversations the ones that people really do need to talk about but they're just not willing to you know be vulnerable with each other and everybody tries to be perfect right we've talked about this for weeks we've been building up this for weeks that um, a lot of people are just not willing um, to have that vulnerability and and to do some of these things right so yeah. I think that's a big thing like as we continue to go forward is that we want to continue to open up these doors break down these walls of insecurity and share and be real with people so that again, we can connect because realistically that, that is the real thing we want. Um, all of us are battling with these, these same things, um, maybe in different ways. Um, and, and, but there's a connection and an overlap with all of us as we all have the human experience and that's what we really want to open up on. Right. Yep. I think it's huge too, because, and we'll dive into this later on, but we live in a society of judgment. People are going to judge you either way. I'd rather have people judge me for the real authentic me Yeah, where I always have. And I'd put on a mask because I was ashamed of stuff that's happened to me in the past. Cool. So I cool. portrayed something that, you know, yeah. Oh, you're an all American. You got all this, you're dealing with all this stuff. But in reality, like we're all broken and yeah, I'd rather be authentic and real with you. And then you, you know, whatever happens, happens, but too many people, man, it's like, Mm-hmm. be vulnerable let's let's be vulnerable with one another it, and it takes it look it took me a long time to get to certain places to be able to share you know mm-hmm. skeletons in my closet and i think that's what in my opinion um i i you know i've gotten to the place where again i used to not say it this way but i feel it's the devil right or the enemy or whatever you want to mm-hmm. say is yours is that this insecurity in your head right these voices yeah. in you that um they want to put this chain and this anchor on you right so mm-hmm. that you say, you can't say, you can't let them know that. What are they going right. to think of you if you, if you tell them that or that you have this going on or what, like, and again, right. And, and, and this isn't just, um, outside of the church, right. Even in the church, again, I, I lived in Utah, Bo, you live there now, right. Yep. I, I noticed that a lot within, um, you know, uh, not just Mormons. Okay. Not just that culture, right. But in culture in general, especially within church or communities where they're, they're trying to be perfect or be seen as perfect or et cetera, which in reality, again, the only one that was perfect in my opinion, right. Is Jesus Christ, right. There's only one, the right. one and the only baby, the big dog. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. So, so, um, with that is that we're all broken, like you said, right. Since the beginning of time, 
we all have things that if we were just more open about, right, that we could deal with these things and it'd be much better for our mental health. I mean, that's what they're uh, like therapy right. sessions and things are for is for us to open up um, and talk through some of these real challenges that we're dealing with and the, yep. the things that we have to sleep with at night. Right. 100%. Um, and, and also, too, by experience. Right. If you haven't shared some of these anything of these dark things like in your um, in your closet, I guess you would say, is that when you speak them into existence, I, I know I've called you, for example. Right. You and right. I, I called you on the phone and I've said, hey, like there's something I want to tell you. It's been heavy on my heart for years and years and years. You know, I haven't yep. ever told anybody this. I want to tell you this because I want to break the chain that it has on my life and like the insecurity 100%. it has on me and how you know what it does to my mental health. Right. And so like, we've had those tough conversations with people again, and it doesn't, you know, not everything needs to be shared with the world and you need to be an open right. book, right? There's, there's definitely some things that are at certain times are meant to come out when they do. And there's some things that are meant to sh be shared with certain people. Um, because again, you do open yourself up to criticism. And again, it could be worse for your mental health by who you right. share things with. So it is, sure. it is important just like in a, you know, again, like a, doctor confidentiality thing, right? That there's certain things that is important for your mental health to share with people, but maybe not the world. Okay. And that's okay. Right. You're right. You don't have to, you're not everything that needs to be um, out in the open um, and wear right. everything on your sleeves. Um, but at the same time, I do think that there's, if your testimony uh, could really help other people that are dealing with some very similar things and you can save them um, from maybe walking down some of those paths or those lessons that you learned, I think that in some ways it is like an obligation um, Absolutely. With those things, which kind of led us into this conversation that, you know, we want to have. Right. Yep. And to start that, which I, we've talked about, we've talked about doing this podcast for what? Oh, like a year. Yeah. Year and a half. Year. And we just didn't know how we were going to do it. And our mental spaces have changed and like we're right. yeah, a lot of things have changed. Right. And also just security and being able to share and be vulnerable in certain well, ways. And, and yeah. that's exactly where I was going with that is like, if there's one person in the world that you need to be honest with, it's yourself. Yeah. That I mean, so many people are shackled by themselves because they're you can't even be honest with yourself. There's no shot you're going to be honest with the world. Yeah. And Joy and I aren't saying that you need to get out and and I tell my mom this all the time. I do counseling at least once a week, you know, for an hour with Joey and I on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you need to find somebody to talk to or at least write. Like it all started with me with writing. You know, yeah. you have to be able to tell your story and yeah. present it in a way to one convince yourself. Mm -hmm. And then two, after that, if it's powerful enough, then tell the world, you, I mean, you can, you can help somebody, believe it or not, somebody needs to hear your story. And mm -hmm. whether it's on a mass scale, whether it's a small circle, whether it's yep. an AA meeting, whether whatever it is, somebody can benefit from hearing your story. Agreed. And that's kind of why we got to this point with this episode is that I think that there's a lot of people, mm -hmm. a lot of young people that are struggling with what we're going to talk through today. And a lot of older people are probably still struggling with this based off of decisions that you made while you were playing, which I can attest to this and we will later on is that yeah. um, a lot of people struggle being vulnerable and, yeah. and being prisoners to their own self. Yeah. Um, before we step into that, I just wanted to apologize to our great audience that I don't have the other camera set up today. So you have mm. to just see the, the, the low depth version of, uh, of the face today. I can't look as pretty. All right. <laughs> So well, you didn't put your makeup the, on. The hair, so it's probably I, got, okay. I got my makeup yeah. done. The hair is not up. I mean, I'm look. I got I got a normal farm system shirt on. I mean, oh. I mean, we are. I'm telling you what. I mean, we're just taking steps back here. Oh, I mean, it's a, I mean, we're missing branding here. I mean, there's a lot yeah. of things that we could do. So, 
Um, yeah. All right. Well, let's let's start diving into it. So um, again, obviously, if you're watching this episode already and probably it, it, you've clicked on it and you're like, what in the world? It's titled, um, I took steroids in college and sucked and still suck. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. So, so, I mean, a lot needs to go into that. And again, now, who is it, Bo? Who was it? Who was it? Who was it? Um, between again, this is where we want to we want to kind of go into this. Is is um, so it was I, I took I took steroids when I was in, in uh, junior college. Okay, mm-hmm. um, and uh, you know I was we're going to kind of dive into the details of again we're going to kind of break this down over multiple episodes. The mindset behind it um, again the, the things that are happening while I was playing the psych- psychological effects um, good bad the ugly everything mm-hmm. in between. Um, and then we're also going to keep diving into again, um, advice that I have for younger guys, um, you know, advice that you have for other, other younger guys, you're going to share some things, Bo, right. I'm going to share right. some things and we're going to kind of really unwrap this thing like layer by layer. Um, because again, that's something that a lot of people don't want to share. I mean, look, even at the professional level guys that for sure took, right. will not admit that they took. And I think in reality, we, instead of trying to slide all this stuff underneath the mat, we need to be vulnerable. Again, I feel obligated for someone like me that again, one can take the hits, right? Like I'm, I'm absolutely fine taking the hits of, you know, what right. guys, you know, people coming out and saying you're a cheater. It's like, you're right. I cheated and still sucked. Like, it's just like, right. like still right. And all of these things. And I also want to explain all of the stuff that goes into that because I think it's very right. misunderstood from a multiple multitude of different angles. And before, and I didn't necessarily take steroids legit steroids in college but i did take supplements and things that weren't probably legal so yeah especially if you're tuning in in and you're saying i didn't take steroids i took pro hormones or you know amphetamines test boosters like yeah you know there's something there and i I didn't want to throw that out there like i've been there and now joey and i have a story to tell to help and to preface the best year of my career I didn't take any of that garbage. So yeah. Yeah. I did take steroids and I did suck. Yeah. So there you, there, yeah. there it is. Yeah. So I, I, I want to kind of dive into a lot of that in the very beginning. So I, I think for Bo, I think where we need to start with this is more of the mindset that leads up to how could you make that decision, right? That's the first question. Right. Like, why would you do that? Right. Yeah. Well, I want to get the, the definition of like helping people understand where my brain was at and how I mm-hmm. got to this point to why I end up making this decision. Right. So I think it starts, it it starts uh, again, it it all starts and I have no problem being vulnerable in this way is being like, it it all starts in the home, right? It all starts at home first thing. So when I was, when I was younger, um, again, just growing up, um, some things happened with my, my dad and my brothers and my brothers are over 10 years older than me. And so, um, my, my dad had a lot of insecurity, right? There it goes again, had a lot yeah. of insecurity being in public um, and scrutiny that he would get, which is so funny because I'm so the opposite, right? If I can, my right. take scrutiny all the time, but my dad absolutely can never be in that light and had big issues with, and again, knowing his, his background and knowing how he grew up, I understand why his mindset was like this. He got kicked right. out of his house at a real young age. He lived on the other side of the tracks, as he would say, but he literally lived mm-hmm. on the other side of tracks of like, that's a new, newer, I mean, an old saying, but basically what that meant, if you're, if you're younger is that you grew up on the other side of town, like not the good side of town. 
And once you cross over the, the, the tracks, like that was like the bad side of town. So my, my dad grew up in this, it was constantly getting scrutinized. He had a lot of insecurity. And at one point he was trying to coach my brother at a baseball game um, and at home plate. Um, and my brother turned around and said, dad, I'm trying as hard as I can. And that just, if you know my dad, that's a statement that a lot of kids will make and parents don't care. But for my dad in front of everybody else, that made my dad feel about this big. And we right. talked about this actually, like, um, uh, honestly, literally like three weeks before he passed away, it, we actually mm-hmm. had this conversation. So let's, let's add that into the context of when I actually fi- figured out why all this was happening. Now, as a little right. kid, when I was growing up, um, you know, and I'm sure a lot of people can connect with this is that, you know, um, my dad didn't see me play baseball since I was four and a half all the way to, um, basically leaving for college. He saw like a couple of my games when I was leaving mm-hmm. for college during summer. So, I mean, that I mean, right. literally my entire life, my dad didn't come and watch me play baseball. He came to my first like couple um, T-ball games and uh, we, he wanted to play catch with me. Well, by the time um, that 10 years had passed from my brothers to me, right. Mm-hmm. And that, baseball had changed quite a bit right back in the day right you people forgot that like back in the day you could go out there and play catch with your kid on the field right you could you could be engaged any parent could go out there well guess what i mean obviously in little league it's changed quite a bit you got to be cleared by the thing you got to be a a registered coach you got to have background checks got to make sure they're not sex offenders all of these other things right well the problem is is this gets mixed with my dad's personality right he's out there playing catch with me and the coach comes up and says, Hey, like, it's okay for you to play catch with your kid, obviously, but it just like, you know, and I don't know the exact exchange, but basically like you got to get cleared by the little league before you can come out here on the field with other players. And so there was my dad trying to have this relationship yep. with me. And then that instantly sent him over the edge. And then from that point, never engaged with me. Now, again, he admitted to me later on again, was that the right thing to do? Uh, okay. All, all right. you know, here and over there. Yeah. Um, in any case, as a younger kid, that grew insecurities within me and made me more into the person that I am today of being, um, I'm an accomplisher, right? I want to make accomplishments. I want to always want right. to do, do things. And there's some good things that are within that, but rooted behind that is insecurity, right? Yeah. And I have this, I had this insecurity that I always wanted to perform at a very high level so that I can go home and try to impress my dad. Right. right. So I wanted, you know, again, who, who doesn't want, um, their dad reassurance. to be, yeah, reassurance and to be proud of them. Right. Uh, especially right. because he's not showing up in anything that is my life at this point. Right. A baseball. Right. So, um, again, so again, I wanted to go home and say, Hey dad, I was two for two with a Homer, you know, or right. two homers or, you know, all these things. And, and then also too, like my dad not being there, his mindset is that I'm telling him that I'm doing good. Right. And then he's having guilty conscience while I'm telling him that I'm doing good because he wasn't there. But as a little kid, I can see him not happy. (laughs) Right. Right? And so I'm perceiving that as he's not happy with what I've done, even though he's not happy with himself. Right. Right. So Mm -hmm. again, that drove me as a kid to constantly want to achieve, 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 and do more and more things. Um, Again, rooted up in security. Um, yep. now again, you combine that with, uh, me being smaller, right? My brothers are both over six foot, right? Mm-hmm. Um, my bro- both my brothers are over six foot. They're, you know, really good athletes. I'm probably the worst athlete in my family. 
Um, and, um, so, so my, but my brothers were over six foot. I was built more like my dad, short, stockier, um, mm-hmm. definitely chubby at times. Same thing. My brothers never had to deal with the weight things in middle school. I was definitely real chunky. And then I thinned out when I got into high school and, you know, was then paper thin. Right. So then you get to this point where to this point, I always played very chippy. I, mm-hmm. I, I admired players like Dustin Pedroia. I, I admired players with a lot of fire because that's how I played. I remember right. when I played when I was young, um, I played with my hair on fire, right? Or my pants on fire, whatever you want to say. Um, because that made me, when I, I realized that when I was mad, I wasn't insecure on the field. Right. When I was mad, I wasn't worried about making an error. When I was mad, I wasn't, I wasn't scared. I wasn't fearful, right? I was, I was in, you know, kill mode, right? right? And so I started to get myself amped up when I would play yeah. games so that I could be, when I was young, I could deal with this insecurity that I had when I was on the field and I was playing shortstop or I was the ace pitcher or I was the best catcher or whatever. And all the, the light was on me, especially in baseball, right? You're on a stage, you and home plate. Right. And everybody's watching you at home plate. It's not football where you got 12 players running all at the same time. And like the spotlight isn't on you. Like, you know, again, it's almost like being like the quarterback in football. Right. Um, so in any case, we, um, you know, again, I, I was going through high school again. I was much smaller than, you know, a lot of guys. I, I I was young for my age as well, but we talked about this, right. When I graduated, I was something to college before I turned, no, a month, yeah, a month into college before I turned 18, right? Because yeah. I had a late birthday actually here soon, right here in a couple of days. So yeah. so I had a late birthday. So I graduated at 17. Um, and then so I was a lot, again, I was already shorter and skinnier than everybody, but I was also younger than everybody yeah. I was playing against. There's a lot of guys that I was playing against that were literally two years older than me. They were 19 and I'm 17, right? That's yep. a big age gap at that time of maturity uh, mm-hmm. physically. Um, so you had that. So when I graduated, I'm you know, five, seven, five, eight, right. Um, literally 150 pounds, right. Mm -hmm. Like I'm, you know, 145 on some days, right. Like I'm skinny, I'm a skinny kid, right. I got pictures of me and I'll have to pop some up. Like I was a little bit, (laughs) right. Yeah. So at this time, again, to this point, I played at, I played at uh, Cheyenne here in, here in Las Vegas. Um, we weren't too good. Um, we, it, in comparison to our league, if we played other places and other leagues, we were decent. But mm-hmm. in our league at the time, I mean, we got to remember in Vegas at the time, we got Joey Gallo, Chris Bryant, you got, you know, Johnny Harper. Field, Harper, you got all of these guys all in the, in the league at the same graduating classes, you know, all within a couple of years of each other. Um, Vegas, um, my league, for example, anytime we went and played anybody in my, my league, they were, we had three guys on their team that were throwing over 90 miles an hour in high school. I mean, they, we were stacked. I remember, I remember playing, I mean, at the time, um, um, Gorman would go and play people and literally beat them by like 30, 40. Like it, it was played, insane. We played a team at Gorman and Gorman beat the team before us 44, nothing. Gallo yeah. hit four home runs, four at bats in a row. Yeah. It, it, I'm telling you like, and then you guys remember too, that's when we, they had the old, uh, Besser bats. Right. Mm-hmm. So the, the ball was just jumping. I mean, like mm-hmm. these guys, I mean, these yeah, guys they freaks. touch it. Yeah. They just touch They're it. Freaks. And also at the time too. Uh, again, I have no idea. And again, it's not to put it that like maturity wise, those guys were way larger. Oh than my word. The other high school guys. They bred them different. Yeah. They were yeah. 
different. The same thing too. Harper was way different frame than anybody else. Oh my word. They're like 12 years old. Yeah. Joey Gallo would hit go for (laughs) four for four or four jacks and then get on the mound and throw 103. It's just like, yeah, what? Right. It wasn't fair. Um, Maybe 101. Maybe I added two extra miles on there. I'm sorry guys. Um, So (laughs) back checkers. Okay. Um, Now, Again, it, it was, again, there were freaks at the time, right? And then you got little old me, um, you know, skipping lunch, skipping lunch, getting to practice. Um, and then my coach wants to run distance every day. So we're all skinny and, you know, I'm yep. doing a bunch of abs and, you know, not, we're not, he doesn't believe in the weight room. So we're not lifting, right? I had to go lift on my own. You know, I, I had to do a lot of things. And I also had, I had three different high school coaches the four years that I was there. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm that's saying? So that's another thing, right? They're all changing philosophies. We're jumping all around. These guys are getting different jobs. My best coach, again, I had um, shout out to my, uh, my, my coach, uh, Sam Norris, back at the time he played uh, minor league baseball, uh, was behind Napoli, um, the minor leagues. He was a really great coach. But at the time when he went to go re-up um, his uh, second year of coaching as head coach with us, um, he like couldn't pass. Uh, he didn't pass like his teachers again. And then like he had to do it again. Anyways, they, they had a new coach step in, which is like my G, uh, JV coach that stepped in. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So to this point, again, playing on teams again, that were far less superior. Again, I couldn't measure up to what these guys were doing. I had no offers going into my senior summer, zero, mm-hmm. no offers. I didn't go play in any perfect game. You know, all this, a lot of that stuff really was just getting started too back then. Like you had to have a lot of money to like travel right. and do all that stuff. I didn't even have club ball until I was like 13, right? Like, like local club ball. I could go do right. what Harper did. And like, again, with those guys and travel, but I didn't, my family didn't have the money to do that. And then also too, right. I wasn't good enough to get it paid for, right. To go and do that as well. So we didn't have, right. you know, um, guys that were going to area code games and all that stuff had some money or they were very, very talented and invited. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, yep. which I had neither. So, <laughs> so, um, um, yeah. So again, at the time, everybody kind of knows this part of the story. I was, um, I'm at, uh, I, I, I linked up my sophomore year with on deck baseball Academy out here in Vegas. Right. I walked in, had no money. Um, I had nothing. I literally came in for a lesson. I did a, a lesson with Mike Easler. That's the first time I was at on deck, did a lesson with Mike Easler. It was right down the street from my house. Um, and then I'm like, there's no way I could afford these lessons. This is when I understood like player development. And then mm-hmm. there's no way that I could keep doing these lessons. And I knew I needed to. Right. Right. So I'm like, you know, and then, um, two, uh, the other part of this with is knowing my mom did a really great job of making sure that I was in better environments than the rest of my family. Um, my brother was a gangbanger, like, you know, had, had been shot multiple times. My brother, other brother was better, but he gotten, you know, got into a lot of fights. And then my sister, you know, again, like there was alcohol, there was, you know, pills, there was stealing, there was all these things that again, within our household, right. That was, things were going on at the time. And so I grew up in a completely different environment where she like handpicked the schools that I went to, to make sure that I was in different environments. For example, my high school, um, my high school was, uh, Cheyenne was my local high school that I was zoned for, but mm-hmm. their graduation rate was only, um, like something like 15%, not, not, no, sorry, not graduation Jeez. rate rates to go to college. I'm sorry. Rate to mm. go to college was only like 15%. The high school that I went to, which was Northwest Career and Tech, which was a new school, 
when I came in. It wasn't private. It was just you had to apply to, you had to apply to get in, but it was a public school. As long as you had over gotcha. like, general guidelines, if you had over this and that and you wanted to get into a program area, like you were good. Um, in any case, I, I, I applied and got into there um, and also got kicked out my first year. So there you go. There, there's that. And then I got yep. back in. I, I got back in. The, the, the principal asked me if, if uh, I was sure that baseball was the thing for me. So, <laughs> That's awesome. So we're there. So we're there. <laughs> um, so so um, I went there. But again, the graduating rate, um, the, not the graduating rate, the, the rate of kids that went to college from my school was 70%. Mm. So you went from 15 to 70 because 70. of the environment, right? Good environment. Yeah. Environment. Right. So it was, and again, the, the school had a standard, right? If you got an F in any class, you got kicked out of the school. Wow. Yeah. So I got an F and I think math because hmm. I got into high school, got into the whole social scene. Yeah. I wanted, you wanted to be popular. And one of the things at the time, which I try to talk to kids about now, it was cool to be dumb. Yeah. You couldn't find somebody smart to cheat off of. Yeah. Well, no, 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 no. I literally wanted to get bad grades because. Oh yeah. I see what you're saying. I would literally try to fail. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't do homework because it was cool. I would, I would, teachers would ask me questions in class and I would literally answer the wrong answer on purpose Mm -hmm. so that I could be funny in class clown. Right. You know what I'm saying? I got you. So, Mm -hmm. so I had this again, I was going to this, this, this culture that I, I had been created of who I needed to be, to be popular. Right. Mm. So again, I got kicked out, right. I had to get my way back into the school. I had to get on a program. I had to keep my grades at a certain level, blah, blah, blah. Um, and again, from that point I was good. I, you know, graduated, um, graduated and, um, I was at the Academy. I went to the Academy every single week. Right. Yeah. Um, he likes to tell the story, my, the Andy Concepcion, like he likes to, he was the owner at the time. Um, he likes to tell the story that again, about how much of a hard worker I was, because again, my family was very blue collar, like everybody mm-hmm. worked really hard. Um, and it was always like, if you can't do it, try harder, try harder, try harder and, and do yep. more, do more, do more. And, um, in some ways there's some positives to that, but I also some very loopholes that I, 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 that were problems of insecurity that were in there and also to not like necessarily working the smartest just work harder right um okay so i say uh, we we're building up all to this point but again what andy likes to talk about a lot is again how hard i worked like he'd be like joey can tell you what time the sprinklers come on at every park and within like a a 20 minute you know a 20 minute radius of this building um and again they're all you know i'm like yeah 323 (laughs) You know, like in the right. morning, like I'm out doing sprints, I'm out doing crazy stuff because I wasn't talented enough. So I had to outwork people. That's, that's mm-hmm. the only way that I could get there because I just wasn't talented enough. I didn't throw hard enough. I didn't hit bombs like that. You know what I'm saying? Like I was, I was okay. Um, you know, I batted, I batted like 300 in high school with like my senior year, I batted like 300 with, um, I think I hit higher in my sophomore year than I did my senior year, but my, my senior year, I batted like 300 with like four jacks, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, with the Besser. So that tells you that, right? Like, <laughs> that's not true. Yeah. Um, so in any case, um, I'm at the Academy. Um, schools are coming. I'm hitting in front of schools. 
Um, some schools are like interested, but more so because again, in my affiliation, not because I'm that good. Right. Well, if they go actually go look at my stats or you're using the connections to yeah. try to get you to a school. Exactly. Right. So again, that was kind of there. I started playing on like the scout team for the academy and I got to work. Basically what I told them is like, look, I'll clean your bathrooms and I'll catch your bullpens. Just let me hang out. Right. right. That happened. I started catching a lot of bullpens. I was a catcher uh, my first like two years in, in, in high school. Um, all the way when I was growing up too, I caught a lot. I had a good arm. Um, right. And so, and then that's led to pitching, right. I was usually one of the best pitchers on our team um, and high, from high school and, and, and younger, just cause I was, I threw, I threw decently hard. Um, and so anyways, then we had this college come in um, college of Siskiyous, right. College of Siskiyous comes in Um their college and junior college, if you guys didn't know this, uh, junior colleges in California don't give out scholarships. But mm-hmm. if you are a resident of California, resident there, there is a lot of benefits that you get from going to a California JUCO that makes school like literally my two, my, my, my second two years in, in, in college, they literally paid me to go mm-hmm. to school, right? Yep. Like five grand a year because of all of these things that you can get when you are a California resident. But my first year of school was like 15. Out of the pocket. Right. It was like insane. Um, so anyways, my first year, I had to pay mm-hmm. 15 grand like to go play baseball in college. And I'm the first one in my family to go to college and especially to play a sport. Like we had, you know, my mom and them, they, they took some like junior college classes, but like right. you know, one or two or three or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Not like actually like went to college for like a school. So mm-hmm. and um, in any case, so then I move, I, I move like 12 hours away from home. Um, I'm out there again. I have all this pressure on me. My family's not doing too well. My dad was diagnosed with cancer when I was a sophomore in high school. You know, like I, there's, I'm putting a lot of pressure on my family to yep. go to college financially, mm-hmm. everything together. Right. Um, so you get this like build up to this point that I'm willing to do anything it takes. Yep. I'm willing to do anything I need to do. I understand the sacrifices my family is making, what everybody's making around me, the sacrifices that I've put in, right, to get to this level, all of these things, right? So I, I get to college. Again, I'm 5'7", 5'8", 150 pounds, trying to I'm, – I'm walking in telling these guys, like, I feel like I'm Dustin Pedroia, right? I have this cockiness that I have in me, right, right. that helps me deal with my insecurity, right, yep. um, that I'm going to be like Dustin Pedroia. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come in and be like, no, I'm your shortstop, Yep. You know? Um, and who doesn't want to be shortstop when you're growing up, right? Like that's for sure. You want to be the shortstop, right? So yeah. I come in, you know, that there's like two, three better shortstops than me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, but, but, you know, again, I'm just kind of carrying myself again. I'm being a little, I'm being more cocky. And also too, you get out of this high school stage. I went to this small town. Um, what was popular in this small, you know, and like I, we had a lot of rural, uh, rural kids that moved there that, right what made me popular in high school being a pretty boy was not right. popular at this school and for the girls yeah. and everything all together. Right. So I had this big reality check. I remember my brother coming and visiting me and um, you know, my coach is like, dude, you need to gain weight. Like you're mm-hmm. really light, right. You're real skinny. Um, you don't yeah. have a lot of pop. We have a big yard. Like you don't hit a home runs. Out of, I mean, straight to center field. It was like literally like 400 and uh, like, I want to say like 435 feet heavy air. Jeez. Yeah. Our, our field, <laughs> our field and center field came to a point. So it was like deep. And then it's, it's like, again, 
Yeah, it's a boneyard. Straight down the line is like 360. Like, I mean, it was like, I mean, it was a, yeah. it was a big yard. And it might have been, yeah. even if it's, you know, uh, 340, 350, like it's still a, a large yeah, yard. It's, still- it's cold majority of the year. Ball's not flying anywhere. So mm-hmm. um, literally to the last like couple weeks of season, it's freezing. So right. um, unless we travel, and that's when I hit majority of my home runs. When yeah, it's on the road. Yeah, hitting, hitting <laughs> at home was not easy. Um, so in any case, um, I remember my brother coming to visit me and I'm like, bro, I'm like, I'm not going to play. Like, yeah, I'm not that good. And, um, I'm not that good. There's a lot of guys better than me. My teammates don't like me because I won't go party with them. Um, I won't go party with them. I don't want to do drugs. Like a lot of things that they wanted to do. Um, and the culture was just completely awful. My first year there as a team. It was all right. about like, I'm like, look, I didn't come to College of the Siskiyous to party, right. right? I'm out here. My family sacrificed all these things. I'm paying all this money. I'm here to play baseball. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And at the time, I wasn't too good. So I didn't, a lot of people didn't want to follow what I was doing, right? right? Mm-hmm. Because again, I don't, I don't got results. They're playing. I'm not playing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so then this kind of leads into another path, right? As I come back, uh, as I, as I come back at this point of being like, okay, I'm not playing all, I made all these sacrifices, all these things that, again, like my dad, my dad got re-diagnosed. Um, he was cancer free, like my senior year got re-diagnosed again, like within like six months that mm-hmm. again, that it w- had moved into like his throat and he had, um, it had moved in, it started moving into his brain. And like, he had some major surgery, like all this crazy stuff that's happened with my dad, you know, at this point, um, and so again, I have all these things rooted in me, um, that I'm going to do whatever it takes. I'm going to take whatever edge I can. If I'm going to, I'm going right. to, I'm going to, I was known literally, uh, my ex-girlfriend used to say this at the time we weren't dating. Uh, but she used to say like the first, I used to know that we'd be driving home from like the bowling alley on like Tuesday for like wings. And we went out and, and drank and did whatever. And then we'd be driving home and you'd be doing sprints on the street. Like it'd yeah. be like 12 at night. Right. And I'd be doing sprints. And like, that was, that was me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was always trying to get an edge. I mean, I, I was working, you know, I was working out like four times a day. Like, you know, I was yeah. doing, I was doing push-ups, pull-ups, you know, sit-ups. I'm doing everything, you know, again, I'm taking all, I'm trying proteins. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm trying to eat all this food. I'm, you know, I'm pounding all these things. Um, again, and to, I'm still moving like crap though. <laughs> still moving terrible, still moving terrible, trying to swing even harder because I was smaller, trying to compensate and compensate. Yeah. Yep. It was all, all of these problems. Um, well then, then, um, there's this guy that at the time, um, there's this guy at the time and, and, and we'll kind of lead into this. We'll kind of start to, transition a lot of the story too i just wanted to bring in the backstory now we'll we'll transition as we go forward with episodes of more and more details but right. one of the things that i want to lead into this is that um there's this guy that i looked up to that helped me um hit at the time right mm-hmm. um and no it wasn't mike easler <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um, no uh there's this guy that i looked up to at the time that had some major league affiliation Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and did some things, you know, did a couple things and consulted for, you know, X, Y, Z. Um, but in any case, he had planted some ideas of guys around me at the time that I was playing against in high school that were taking stuff. Yeah. Right? And 
these, these are guys that I looked up to, right? These are guys that are performing. These are guys that are doing things that again, you know, um, and no, again, don't, don't associate, not Harper, not any of these guys. I'm talking about about other guys that were in my league. I was, you know, looked up to that were also really good baseball players that were committed to big schools. Right. And these guys were taking things. Um, and I'm seeing these guys like that guy is huge. That guy mm-hmm. hits jacks. That guy throws 90 something miles an hour. Like what right. in the world? Like, you know, and, and. And being a young kid, you don't realize that they just better skill set than you and they right. move better. And it's gotta be the muscles. Yes. I'm and the strength. Kid, yeah. The muscles and the strength. Um, and also too, that, that this has to be the magic pill. Right. Right. I take this and I'm great. Yep. Right. Um, and this led me down this path of, again, I feel like a failure, right? Right. I moved away, right? My dad's dying. I haven't done anything to impress him. He doesn't even want to be around me. Hasn't even came up to visit me in college. You know, like we barely talk still at this point. Right. Um, and I lived in the same house as him, right? Yeah. Um, So I feel like a failure. And again, I'm, my mindset that people have to understand. And if you're an athlete, you understand, especially if you get to this, it's an obsession. Mm-hmm. My identity is in baseball. If I'm yeah. not doing good at baseball, the rest of my life is awful. My yeah. relationships, all of it, everything. Right. So I want a big thing that I want. Um, the precedent there is that it, we got to understand, because I remember this is the exact same thing. At one point throughout the story, my coach said to me, Joey, are you taking anything? Because of your mindset and who you are, I could see why you would. Mm-hmm. So him being outside, right? And we had these conversations, right? He literally threatened to have me drug tested at one point, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because again, everything that was coming with this, but again, yeah, like I was, I, 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 and this will lead into this story of how I got more into there. And again, we'll, 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 we'll start to wrap here soon. Right. Um, for this episode, but I want to get to this, this point of where I was mentally, where I had failed. Right. I had, I had worked hard. Like everybody told me to do right? I had ate like everybody was telling me at the time how I should be eating. I'm working out a million times a day, right? I, I, I committed since I was young. I, I, I literally didn't go to parties. I didn't, I didn't drink. I didn't, you know, I didn't drink soda during seasons. I didn't, you know what I'm saying? I, I, I didn't, I didn't cheat, right? Yep. I did it all right. I did everything that I was supposed to do. I did, I sacrificed everything that I was supposed to sacrifice, right? There's people that are sacrificing far less than what I was sacrificing and they're getting the results that I want. Right. right? So something's got to happen because I can't, because I can't fail you. This is my identity, right? Something's got to give, something's got to happen where I have to, I can't leave any stone left unturned. right? Right. And at the time, if I think, right, if I think that there's something else that I can do that I'm not doing because of my mindset. I'm going to try. Right. Because I can't let that be the reason for what I could have done it or I could have made it. Right. right. And, and I, not, I see the flaws in that now, 
as I'm older. Right, but right? you're in it though. You don't at the time. Not no, at all. This, is, this is mentally where I'm at. Right. Right. And this is, this is my career we're talking about here. Yeah. This is my life. This is who this I is my am. life. This is, this is everything I've sacrificed for the last 20 something years of my life. Yeah. Right. Or 19 years of my life at this point. Right. I mean, everything I've ever done is baseball. I dress for Halloween. You know how many times for Halloween I dressed up as a baseball player? Oh, almost there. Probably. <laughs> I probably dressed up in a, as a Yankee player from I was eight till I was, till it wasn't cool anymore. Probably 100%. like 17. 100%. So, so <laughs> this is like, again, this is, this is who I am, right? Yep. Like this is my identity and something has to give. And then I'm going to leave it right there on a cliffhanger yep. <laughs> of how, again, this progressed and what things that started happening. We'll kind of talk more through yep. um, and, and future episodes, but that was where mentally I was at at the time yep. before, you know, any decisions were made and why, you know, again, not to justify where I was, but to understand why people make decisions and where they were mentally. So you could understand as a coach, even if you've never taken, or you've never had a player that has taken that you have these conversations that you could better understand where they might be for me. That was my story, right? Right. Of how I got to this point, right. Of where I was mentally. Mm -hmm. Right. And that I thought that, that at this time that something had to give and I had to do something to change me being a failure. hundred percent. So interesting too, because like maybe, well, maybe on the next episode, I'll, I can open up and share mine because we're yeah. kind of getting laid into the story. But For sure. For um, sure. different, different upbringings. Yeah. But a lot of mine, which we can talk about this later. My parents are so young. My parents were sixteen when I was born. So mm-hmm. like, I grew up watching tryhards. Yeah. And good family. Parents did everything gonna, for me. Say, Bo, why don't we? Why don't we do this? We can make this one a, a longer episode. Why don't you also give your background, and then we'll continue both of our stories on the next. I mean, on okay. The next well, mine's mine's not. I mean, a lot of my story influenced me, but it wasn't as direct as yours. Like you grew up, and a lot of it was. Uh, so I'll just start. My parents. Uh, my dad was committed to uh, play football at BYU. This is in 1992. Uh, that was like three or four years before they won the national championship. My dad was a monster. He could bench squat and clean over like 1,500 pounds. The guy was built. And looking back on it now, I'm sure he was using substances as well. But um, him and my mom grew up in houses that weren't necessarily ideal. Uh, both of them, parents were divorced and remarried four or five times. And my mom's house was kind of like the party house. And so... Uh, my dad's dad was a cop. Yep. Yep. My dad, my dad's dad was a cop and, um, single raising three or four kids and he worked the night shift. And so he was never really around to take care of, um, the kids, at least at night he provided and he did the best he could, but just the limitations of the job. And so my dad being a really good athlete, he was kind of like a jock and kind of like uh, put on a, a pedestal, especially in Utah County. If you were good at football at that time, it was like, you're a dude. And so he started hanging out in that crowd and partying and, and him and my mom started hanging out and um, little Bo comes around about 18 months later and, and my mom, he got my mom pregnant. My mom was actually 15 when she first got pregnant. Uh, my dad was 16 and he called Lavelle Edwards and was thinking that maybe they would, you know, try to help him work through this thing. And Lavelle Edwards said, well, Dustin, 
you broke the honor code before you even stepped on campus. Your scholarship's going to be taken away and we could maybe help you get to a junior college. And that's the last my dad heard. His career was basically done. Um, and both my parents, even though they weren't necessarily grew up in the right, the, the best household, they had people in their lives that were able to like mold them. And so right out of the get go, they graduated high school early, um, got married. Uh, cause that's what you do in Utah at that time. If you're pregnant, you get married. And so <laughs> they got married. They, um, moved into my grandparents' house and started providing. They didn't really have a chance to like experience life, I guess you could say as young kids, but they did a great job of, of providing for me and um, raised in that environment, like very try hard. It was like, you're going to do whatever the hell you need to do to put food on the table and provide for the people around you. Yeah. Um, and we were also very fortunate. My great grandparents were like angels sent from heaven. They, my my parents lived with them and my grandma basically raised me until my mom got her RN. She's a registered nurse. My dad actually started a painting company. Uh, both of them were pretty much set on their career by like 21. Um, and now by this time they're 22, 23, have two kids. Um, and being raised by older people, I was always just a little bit more mature because I spent so much time with my grandparents. Mm. And I, But I was always held to such a high standard. But by the time I was like five, I could like, they always make fun of me because I could read, I could write, I could walk, I could swing a baseball bat before like all my cousins, but I'm also spending time with like 60 year olds all day long. So they, they, you know, they're just raising me a little bit differently. So anyways, we fast forward to, I'm probably like eight, nine or 10 and my skills, I was just a gifted kid when it came to hitting. Um, my whole family played baseball and I, I didn't really get coached much. Like it was very much just like hit it hard and hit it far. That's why um, I could hit. Right. That's <laughs> why I could hit. And so um, my dad at this time, I'm 10 years old and my dad's only 26, Joey. That's like you having a 10 year old right now. Yeah, and so um, he would just do anything that, that it took for me to get seen, um, spent all sorts of money to get me on the best teams. I traveled everywhere. I played with the Utah Stars. We actually beat uh, Bryce Harper and Joey Gallo and Chris Bryant were on the same team one weekend and we actually beat their team. We were, we were stacked, but, um, anyways, we fast forward. So now I'm like 13, 14, 15, and I'm already starting to play in these showcases. The ones that you were talking about, the, the perfect game and I'm on the radar, but uh, I am undersized. I was, I was the, just like Joey, the difference between Joey and I, Joey and I are almost born around the same time, but I'm a year older. So, yeah. I was um, the oldest in my class all the time. And so mm -hmm. I was young with the kids I was playing against because I was playing up. But I, for my age, I was about average. And so we get to like 14, 15, 16. And to this point, I'm being molded. I'm kind of praised. I, I feel pressure and I'm 15 years old. Like there's no reason I should be feeling pressure playing baseball at that age. Mm -hmm. But you're traveling and, and, you know, your name's on the radar and I remember the one time this is when it started to stick in my head that like, I wonder what I should do because we're playing, playing down in Arizona at the senior fall classic. And when I always played up, I'd always play a little bit out of position because people are bigger and they're better and more talented. And so I'm playing right field. There's a blooper hit down the right field line. And I, I pick it up, I spin and I throw it, a seed. I had a good arm, even though I was undersized threw a seed to third base and my dad was that guy that stood like right by the scouts. He was like always in everything. <laughs> and 
I think it was the University of San Diego and the University of Nevada at Reno. I can see, and they both. Standing. I can see him standing right there. He was right in the middle, <laughs> and and and, and, and of course, of course, of course, they didn't know these with guys. Hat, you know, with his hat backwards, probably backwards. with his own stopwatch. Yep, stopwatch, <laughs> sunglasses, and I spin and throw the guy out at third, and my dad's like waiting to see what they're going to say, you know. And the scout goes, man, that kid's good. He's just undersized. And my dad being in the middle of all these guys, of course, they don't know. But instantly he's like, okay, we're going to get this guy lifting weights like a football player. And so that day it was like protein shakes, weight gainer, like within like a year and a half, I gained like 35 pounds and all natural people thought I was on the sauce already, but I was literally eating 10,000 calories a day, um, working out two or three times a day. like my friends used to be like, man, you're insane. Like you, you're 17 years old. Can't we just go to like the movies, you know? Yeah. But I never did anything like that. Me and Joey are a lot mm-hmm. like that. Like if I have my mindset on something, I'm just going to, I'm just going to work my tail off. Yeah. And so you also have to know some context. I probably should have started with this, but drug abuse, alcohol, very prevalent in my family. So like I was raised in Mormon and kind of like a bubble because my parents didn't want me to grow up in that environment that they did but I still was getting to the age where I knew what was going on. And a lot of that was happening in my own household. Mm-hmm. And so um, my dad was kind of confiding, confiding in me at the time with some struggles he was going with personally, which I've talked about on the podcast and his story is well known now, but he's kind of battled drug addiction his whole entire life. And so we started kind of confi- confiding in each other. This is like my junior year in he brought up like a test booster or something very light. And at the time, like you said, I'd done everything to the T like I'm working out, I'm eating, I'm going to the showcases. Perfect game has me as like a top hundred prospect, but I'm still just not quite physically gifted enough. And at the time, that's a lot how it was, Joey, when, when it's different now, a lot of times now they're looking at skills and tools back then it was like, if no. you're big, they'll, they'll look at you. If yeah. You gotta, tall, be, you gotta be, you gotta be over 200 pounds. Right. And I was like five, 10, 155 probably at this point. Yeah. And, or, um, or at least, or at least, you know, over six foot, you know, close to 200. Yeah. yeah. And we'll talk about this later, but a lot of the effects that that stuff has on just your skill set, your speed, your foot speed, your hand speed, all that stuff, right? Projected so projected positions, like oh, he's too short. He's got to play second base. Oh, he's right. too short. He can't be. He's not going to be a power outfield. So it's like then you start getting limited. You get put in the boxes. He's got to be yep. a catcher. He's got to be a second baseman. He's got to be absolutely you know, again. He's got to be a center fielder if he's real fast and he's short. Like you know, what I'm saying like you get hundred percent category. And that's position. it was starting to go that way a little bit with me just because I was undersized, like small, um, and I was talented enough and I hit I still hit for power I've always been able to hit for power but I just wasn't quite physical enough and so they were starting to place me in like a corner outfield maybe second base and I'm still like young you know and so I started to dabble nothing crazy um we'll we'll, we'll leave them we'll leave them at the cliffhanger for that one when we get there but I started to develop this like I'm gonna do whatever I need to do to get in the door at these big schools you know I'm, I'm talking to these mid-majors big d2s but like whatever it takes. Right. By this time I'm 17. My dad's 33. Mom's 32. So still very young. And I always had more of a friendship with my parents just cause I'm, I'm young. Like a lot of, a lot of people have friends that are, you know, that age at, at that time. So, um, 
me and my dad always just tagged along and did stuff together. And, and it was then that I, I like pre-workout and glutamine and creatine and you start to get down this path, but you don't really realize how far you're going, right? Because it's just like, this is just what it takes. And you look around and you'll be surprised people at that level with that kind of pressure, they might not take like stuff, but you're going to do something to kind of keep up with the Joneses. And yeah, yeah, you're, you're athletes in general. I've heard this before, this for like athletes in general are always trying to find an edge. Always, yeah, always. on your always. They're always that always. you're bred to do that. You're competing. I'm trying right. to find an edge. Does he have a flaw in what he does? Does he have a flaw in right. politics? They do the same thing. Does, does my opponent have a flaw that I can exploit or am I better in this area than he is? Yeah. Right. Like, when you're competing in general, you're always, always. trying to find an edge as a competitor. Right. Always. Right. A defensive strategy, uh, offensive strategy. Mentally, whatever it is. Defensive strategy, whatever it is. Right. And that's how it was. So I had I had the pressure. Take away the household. You have a guy that's pretty gifted, getting recruited. You throw on top of that. If I had a bad day at the office, Joey, like your parents weren't you wanted your parents to ask. I did not want to see my parents after the game. I got to the point where I was like, I'm not going home. Like mm-hmm. I'd go home after going over through two K's and they wouldn't talk to me. They'd be like, you're not going to go to LSU now. And I'd be like, can't we just talk about politics? Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Can we talk about dinner or something? Goodness. And so it got oh, to this well, point. I said the same thing. The only thing worse than an absent parent is a present oh. parent. That is uh, also, uh, again, not right. feeding into your, yeah. yeah. And, and I, I always joke with my parents now, like, I don't hold it against them. I could only imagine trying to raise a kid at, at that young. It, oh, like, all you know is what you know. You know, they don't know what they're doing. And so at the time, though, my dad, I see some stuff going on with my dad and my mom's marriage. And it got to the point where I was like, you're going to sit here and tell me this, but you're doing this. So maybe I should just go in the middle and find my own path. And I started to run with some kids that I looked up to and that were um, Mm -hmm. maybe not as ethical and and morally inclined as I was up to this point. And um, I already know my dad had dabbled in in PEDs and steroids and and stuff like that. And that's the thing is like how important environment is. Like, again, that's what got into college. Everything. That's what got yep. me into college in the first place. It's good for you, but bad for you. But a real, that's a real thing. Like you need as a parent and as a coach, a side note here is that your environment is everything. Your culture oh, and that everybody likes to talk about is everything when it comes to like, again, how your brain works and also all the pressure that you're getting your peer pressure 100%. and then also to the pressure to perform. And then there's like a light that all of a sudden that is you're getting drawn to. Um, right. especially when somebody that that's why it also to the pressure that it is put on people when you look up to them, the amount right. of influence that they create and what you do for with sure. that influence, how important that is. hundred percent. And I was, I'm very lucky that I was raised the way I was. And I'm also very lucky. A lot of people kind of give me this look when I say that, but I'm very blessed to have been around people that have struggled with addiction and have seen people overdose and have walked in on people that have not breathing for eight minutes. Like I don't wish that on anybody, but it prepped me to be in environments like that and not be able to completely give in to what's going on around me. And I'm, I'm thankful for that. But I also say that because I knew 
that there was something that could push me over the edge. Mm-hmm. And I knew that I could dabble in it and not get lost into it. Right. And so I ended up going to school, um, Utah Valley, uh, brutal couple of years. I mean, the pressure on me was, I mean, I couldn't seriously, man. Like I stepped on campus and there was like, we thought that this top three recruits are going to save the world. They just won 48 games. We won like 15 that year. I hit like 190, and I started to look around my family's. My parents are damn near already, you know, the marriage isn't good. Their substance is being used. I go home and I'm partying with my dad, and you know, the whole thing starts to happen. And now I'm starting to think like maybe, maybe I should try something here just to see if I can get out of one the environment I'm in at Utah Valley because I suck, and two try to push my family and myself onto a new path that for well, some reason, for, for some reason if I thought if I could just get drafted, it'll yep. save everything. Yep. Agreed. Period. I, I was going to say the same thing too, that it is like, is like they, they, this thing that gets sold all the time is that you can't have a plan B. Right. You can't have a plan B. But the problem is again, for some guys, that doesn't work for everybody because again, it also, goes against like like a lot of moral things and also a lot of ethical things right right? and and when that gets sold that this is your only option right and i go back to that uh nf song called you know options like my only options are i gotta make it or make it yeah those are my only options i gotta make it or make it right Mm -hmm. and i'll step on whoever i have to I'll do whatever I have to do to get there. That's a dangerous mindset when it comes to addiction, obsession, oh, mental health. It, it, it's a dangerous thing. And just like you, my brain at the time was just like, if I could just get drafted, all of yeah. my problems would go away. It's so sure. funny now because when I look at it, um, First off, again, <laughs> happiness isn't right. a destination. Second off, For they sure. ain't making nothing. Yeah, they get no. treated like, you know what I'm saying? Minor leaguers, ain't, it's not like all of a sudden it's fine and dandy yep. when you get to post it on your social media, but so what? It's just like a hit of dopamine. Right. And then what? Yep. You know, 100%. then you're back in the struggle again. I, I, I work with minor leaguers on a constant basis. You, they have the same struggles, insecurities, all the, again, like people that are rich, right. people that are poor, people that are in every status of life, every place, every location. Right here yeah. again, we talk about Adam Sandler here or Paris. You're still going to be unhappy, yeah. right? Like, 100%. like it, cause again, happiness is an inside job. hundred percent. But just like you, I wanted to mention that it's just like you. I had that same, I had that same mindset that if I could yeah. just achieve this, right. And, and before that, for me, I went junior college first. So my first thing was if I could just become a division one athlete, right. 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 Or getting drafted. Right. Right. Um, well, and, and, yeah. Where I'll leave off with the story and we can wrap it up is that I had, I thought I had a pretty good shot to get drafted out of high school. I mean, there was, you know, I'm getting letters and I've filled out questionnaires for 18 teams. You know, the, the director of scouting for the Rockies called me the day before the draft, asked me if I'd sign here, here, the White Sox anyway. So I'm teeing it up. I'm like, I'm, I'm going, I'm getting drafted. I'm going to get my school paid for. I knew I wasn't probably going to play in the big leagues, but I, make a decent career, get some money, go to school, start the life, right? Day one goes nothing. Day two goes, I get a phone call late. It was like the 28th round, 32nd round. And I told him no. 
So now I know I'm not going to get drafted, right? The third day, every team called me that I talked to, and they're trying to give me like early sign money. You know, I think the, I think the most I got was like offer was like sixty grand in school. And my dad, being a businessman, my dad's running like a million dollar business now. He's like, "Oh, son, you work too hard for that," you know. And so I'm like, "No, I'm no, I'm gonna go to Utah Valley, baby." And so ended up saying no, <laughs> and I go to school. And no. All hell broke loose. No. All hell broke loose, and so, we'll leave it there. So <laughs> you turned down sixty grand in school, didn't drop. <laughs> hey, man, when you're young. It happens. No, I get yes. it. At the time, you're thinking, oh, no, I'm going to go to school. I'm going to crush. You know, I'm yep. going to get signed for – I'm going to have a million-dollar bonus, 60 grand. What is 60 grand? Like, you know? Yep. But it's not that much money. But when you look back, and it's just like – almost like like stocks. When you look back and you're like, yeah, I should have bought in then. You know, like – Yep. But it's all good. Everything, like, everything has happened for the reason because, again, then we wouldn't have met up at, at, at Sterling long after. Yeah. And well, and there's a there's a lot of life lessons that will both open up within the oh, three or four years of college that oh that come up hit you oh, in yeah. the face a lot quicker than the previous nineteen years. Yeah, the the realities the realities that come with all of that um, and come from actually getting to this place that you thought if I just got here or if I just took this yep. or there's this new destination that once I get to that destination the lessons that you learn from that um, yep. that's what will definitely open up in the next episode. For so sure. I think we're going to call this a series. It's going to be called, 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 I took steroids in college and still sucked. A yep. series. A series. <laughs> a series. <laughs> yeah, then it'll be good. It'll be good for us to do these things. So um, cool. Um, guys, again, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Again, it's real. Um, there's a lot of things that we're in, going here. Again, we want to continue to do these things and have, I mean, that, to me, I, this is the episodes that are realistically more that are real things that I want to talk through because these yep. are things that athletes are really dealing with and mental 100%. minds, you know, what's going on in your mind psychologically, uh, from a psychological standpoint. And then also to the pressures that are all around you. Um, especially when you're getting into this world of performance, um, right. and human performance, you know, and all the things that are coming with that. Um, I also think it's huge too. I want to throw this in there. It's a bit, bit huge for coaches and parents they're listening and to try to find red flags in your kids along the way because and i'm not saying it was anybody's responsibility to help me i made my decisions but if you can see red flags with some of your players or your kids yep do that and i i mean look i've had plenty of conversations there's more athletes that know than coaches that know because Mm -hmm. i've shared with my athletes that have you know conversations have come up and i've talked to them and shared my experience with them and helped them with a lot of that of understanding that like, it's one thing to tell kids not to do things when you've never done it. It's another thing to have done it and then tell them right. why they, you know, what your perspective is on that and like yep. them to understand. And it, and it, look, it's not up to you. Another thing we'll add into this before we jump off. It's also when we start these conversations, it's not up to you to make their decisions. 100%. It's up, it's up for you to inform them so that they can make their own decisions. And yep. Yes, sometimes people are going to make bad decisions. So did I, right? Many times yep. in my life, every single day. But at the end of the day, day. I learn from those. And that's yep. why I have conviction in what I believe in is because I made mistakes, you know? Yep. So um, that's more of those conversations. It's not like I'm going to kids and saying, no, don't do this, don't do that. That's not right. a conversation. That is yep. a dic- like dictatorship, right? For sure. Um, and they're going to be rebellious from that. 
that's not how that conversation needs to happen. And, and it might be a, an, an episode or a series like this that mm-hmm. you can use one to identify red flags and where people's minds might be and how to start that conversation or two with that as well, of just allowing them to listen, right? And hear our testimony directly, right? As right. maybe again, someone that they look up to in the industry or again, experience again, like, like um, I work with athletes at the highest level, right? And, and when you work at athletes at the highest level, again, I can, maybe they'll allow someone like me to speak into them or someone like you to speak into them because of your background. And again, your relationship with, again, I was never an all American, right? I was never, again, no one called me and off me 60 K and, and so, so again, maybe they'll take that from somebody like you that was, you know, was good Mm -hmm. with it and understanding just different perspectives and hearing from different ways. Um, and I think that that can be, you know, a, a ton of value, right? So Anyways, uh, we hope this series helps. We hope that, you know, it dives in and it does some great things for you guys um, and helps change some perspectives in the game. Amen. Anything to add before we wrap up? No, man, I think you nailed it. I'm excited for the next one. I agree. I think it was a really good episode. Um, But from us and our partners over at Yakertech, until next time, Farm System out.